Hello and good morning and happy Friday, everybody. It is a pretty nice day. Hey, you know what? Um, I didn't really set like a timetable for what I was going to talk about things today, but congratulations to the Pittsburgh Steelers for just sitting there, not having to trade up and having Kenny Pickett fall into their laps. Uh, I mean, you have to give the Steelers the benefit of the doubt because this is a team that's drafted well for as long as I can remember. 30, 40 years. Um, I'm 52 years old, and I always remember the Steelers having good drafts. Uh, now, they did. They they haven't played great the last few years as um, Ben Roethlisberger had been aging, um, but they still weren't awful. You know, I mean, they were pretty awful in the two games against um, the Bengals last year, but, in, but they made the playoffs, you know. They have a really good coach. Um, they always have a solid... Uh, I don't know, foundation, it seems like. And um, so I have no reason to believe that drafting Kenny Pickett wasn't the right move. I mean, it felt like the right move. I felt like they were going to make that move. And I think most people in Pittsburgh felt like after um, pick 19, when Kenny Pickett was still on the board, that um, the Steelers were probably going to take him. Um, I definitely don't have any concerns about the size of his hands. You know, these are the kind of things that come up as um, people just like, try to over uh, reach on, I don't know, drilling down prospects under a microscope for everything, you know? I mean, nobody's going to know in five hands, in five years, what the size of um, Kenny Pickett's hands are, you know? It's just whether he is a good quarterback or not. And from what I understand, you know, he played well in every possible opportunity. Uh, I think that he should have played in the... um, in the bowl game, because you only get one opportunity, uh, you know, to play in a real good bowl game like that when you're playing for a team like Pitt. And it would have been nice for the fans, which is why you play sports is for the fans. Um, but on the other hand, the guy's got, um, you know, at some point a wife and kids to worry about. So he also has to think about the money. So it was an interesting thing, um, these bowl games and whether uh, most of the top guys are not playing in bowl games anymore because injuries are so prevalent in football, you know, whether it's like tearing an ACL or, you know, just getting like a um, a shoulder injury or a concussion or something like that. So, I mean, I can understand why some of these guys make the move. Now, as a quarterback, I think he'd be more likely to just go ahead and play because Kenny Pickett could have played um, and just took a dive, you know, like whenever like he was about to get sacked in the pocket, he could just take a dive, but he could have, you know, stayed in the pocket and played his best game. And really as a quarterback, he could have ensured that he wasn't going to get hurt, which you can't do that for many of these other positions where you're running around the field with a bunch of other freak athletes, you know? Um, So is what it is. Um, I do my, you know, my gut feeling on Kenny Pickett is that it's going to work out. Um, it just seems like one of these moves that you look back and it's like, oh man, how, remember that time like the Steelers just sat there at 20 and, you know, the best quarterback just fell to them. Um, whether they play picket right away doesn't really matter to me. I mean, uh, they're not looking to do anything spectacular next year. Um, but I guess it wouldn't surprise me, you know, because he played a few years, I believe, at Pitt, so... Um, and they don't really have anybody else. The other guys they have are more likely 
considered backups. Um, they have pretty deep. Well, at least they have a solid backup now with the guy that was on uh, that was drafted by the Bears years ago. So um, they have Kenny Pickett, who will certainly be the starter at some point. And then I would think you never know. Um, this, I guess, the guy that the Bears took could become a superstar. I mean, you never know in sports, but from my guess is that Kenny Pickett will be a starter at some point. You'd have to believe that. Um, and I imagine that he'd do pretty good. I mean, they still have the running back from last year that was not as explosive as they would have liked, but he did some solid moves. You know, he wasn't explosive as far as like, um, he didn't break runs more than 20 yards, um, but he was solid if unspectacular in that, um, yeah, his rushes, um, per attempt were not that great, but he did catch a lot of balls and that's part of his game. So he should help Kenny Pickett. And I would imagine the Steelers in the, um, the following rounds are going to, um, at least get one wide receiver, you know, to try to help, um, Wide receiver, I think, was the big story in the draft last night, um, only because in the first 15 picks, there was like six wide receivers taken, maybe more. And then the Eagles also traded for a wide receiver. So um, I don't think there's any question, especially with what um, the Bengals did last year with the wide receiver that they got, is that right now in the NFL, um, the wide receiver position is... um, it's a playmaking position, you know, like it's a big deal. Um, and for that reason, the Steelers need to go ahead and get a better wide receiver. But, you know, that's enough football. It's a baseball podcast. Um, but it did get me thinking as far as like when you read Bleacher Reports, um, you know, when they talk about all the guys that were drafted, they always mention the guys that did good and they never mention the busts. And it just goes back to what I was thinking as far as, and I get caught up with this sometimes too, um, as far as with prospects, we tend to fall in love with the prospect of a prospect becoming a superstar. Uh, and we fall in love with our own prospects. And um, for example, like when the when the Pirates signed Dylan Peters last year, every Twitter feed to a man was like, I, I don't know why they would do that. Strange pickup. Um but, you know, Dylan Peters has worked out to be really good. Um, and the reason that nobody liked it was because, um, well, the main reason that nobody ever likes these moves is because we always think that the prospects we already have deserve a chance over the prospects over the other 29 teams. But when you think about it, one team versus 29 teams, it really doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, if you have a guy that becomes available um, from another system, yeah, uh, you know, and he's ready. Um, he's more ready than someone that we have because Dylan Peters was older, you know. And like we talked about yesterday, lefties develop late. Um, it can be a good move. I mean, you can't just assume that it's going to be a bad move. Um, ben Gamel has generally worked out to be an okay move, and Michael Chavis may work out to be an okay move. And those guys were guys that had been around for a while. Um, were somewhat considered prospects, and some somewhat considered, you know, already. Um, they already made their case in baseball, especially with um, Ben Gamel and Chavis. They had already gotten their taste. They were sent back to the minors um, to work on some things. And as they've come back, I mean, they, they're not great players right now, but they're probably better than anything we have in the minor leagues uh, who's ready. 
Um, as we've seen so far this year in the minor leagues, um, we've been extremely disappointed with um, O'Neill Cruz. And I don't know if he's ever going to um, pan out to be, you know, what we thought he was for a couple months, you know, when people were ranking him in the top 10 and top five and all the baseball and all this. Same thing that um, a lot of Pirates prospects have been uh, ranked in the top 10. Um, the one guy that comes to mind is um, Polanco. Um, whether O'Neill Cruz will be as good as Polanco, I really don't know. Um, I mean, he's, I think he might have a little more speed than Polanco. Um, who knows, you know? But at least for now, O'Neill Cruz has been disappointing. It seems like, and I've said this the last several days because it makes the most sense, it seems like he's sort of regressed to his old swing. Uh, and maybe even worse, you know, maybe even his old swing on steroids where it's a big swing and he's just trying to swing for the fences, swing out of his shoes. And when you do that, you generally don't get as many hits. And what I've said about O'Neill Cruz is that I think that he is better when he just shortens that swing and he hits singles, he hits doubles and he hits home runs. Uh, and he just is a better player. And that's where he was at the end of last year. Um, and the middle to the end of last year when he batted 300 in the minor leagues and now he's batting 100. Um, so actually he just, I think that hit yesterday put him over 200. So, I mean, he's not, he's not batting 100, um, but he is, is what he is. He's not doing well right now. Um, and then another guy that we've mentioned on many occasions, um, Travis Swaggerty is just at this point, just, don't even think about the guy. He's just another number one pick who was a bust. Uh, very similar to um, Cole Tucker, except that he's an outfielder. Um, and I wouldn't imagine that we get anything more from Travis Swagger than we got from Cole Tucker, which is a guy that could hit maybe 150, um, maybe 200 in the major leagues. Uh yeah, I mean, in that way, Cole Tucker's a little bit of a hit, better of a hitter because he has hit like 210, um, where Swaggerty projects more as like, you know, 190 or something like that. Um, Swaggerty is a little better defensively, though, in the outfield, but we don't know about that shoulder. In any case, though, I mean, neither of those guys are major league players. They're not going to impact your major league team, probably not even as a um, as a bench player. Uh, one guy that I am, am encouraged with um, because of the way he's bounced back the last few games is um, Diego Castillo. I think that maybe he can be a bench player, um, that maybe he is a little better than um, Rodolfo Castro. Uh, just because, I don't know why, I mean, just because he seems like he battles up there every at bat and Rodolfo Castro towards the end seemed like he was just hitting for home runs. Um, I think that Diego Castillo, Castillo has at least held his own at shortstop. And I think that Diego Castillo, that ball that he hit yesterday, would have been a home run in the summer. Uh, would have been a home run if the balls had not been deadened for sure. And um, he is a guy that I would keep up. I mean, we haven't, we, after this weekend series, um, we have to send two guys back down. Um, I don't like Miguel Yayore. I just think he's an awful pitcher. Um, they took him out after like three or four batters yesterday, but they had to put him in there because their bullpen's so thin. But I just don't see Miguel Yayore ever being a major league quality pitcher. I think his ERA is like 15 for his career or something like that. Um, it's probably not going to happen for him, you know. 
but you never know. I mean, he could spend a few years in the minor leagues and become Dylan Peters. Um, but I don't, I just, Miguel Yayure doesn't look like a major league pitcher, uh, maybe in another organization or whatnot, but he's the guy, he's one of the guys that, oh, we got him in a trade. We wanted to give him a chance because he was one of our guys, you know, and maybe we sort of, not sort of, but we super overrated Miguel Yayore because some people were saying, you know, we want him to be uh, a starter this year or whatnot, you know, and it doesn't look like he's even a comparable reliever. And I would think, you know, that they're going to keep their left-handers. I would think that the pitcher they send down is going to be Yayore um, because I think you have to go from 28 to 26. And the hitter that they send down um, is probably, well, Suwinski's probably going to be set down when Cole Tucker comes back from the disabled list. And then maybe you send Cole Tucker down, if that makes any sense. Uh, I think that you might have to send both of those down because one of those spots is being taken because one of the guys is on DL or whatever. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think Suwinski is really worth having on your major league roster. Uh, I think more likely, and we have been very thin at outfield, but good God, what the hell is wrong with Greg Allen? I mean, yeah, the guy tweaked his um, hamstring a while ago. I mean, I haven't seen him, and I usually check like the uh, the minor leagues. Um, I haven't noticed that Greg Allen has played in the minor leagues. I have noticed that Scranton Max Cranick pitched a little bit, um, and he might be brought up to replace Yayore. Um, that, that's a possibility. That's a, that's a real good possibility, actually, because he got a lot more experience than Yayore, more of a hard thrower, um, more of a guy that might give them a little more bullpen depth. Um, but I don't know. It is what it is. But the whole reason of talking about prospects today is that we tend to overrate any prospects. And we get excited when guys come over in a trade, um, whether it be Carter Bins, which is a catcher that can't hit more than like 450 probably, <laughs> at least on an ops-wise. Um, and like two, you know, maybe like 150 uh, batting. Um, it's it's like we didn't get anything for Tyler Anderson this year. So I'm not going to get excited about what we might get for, you know, the guy we got from the White Sox flipping him, you know. Uh, I've had it with dumping guys at the trade deadline, actually, because I don't think we got anybody at all last year other than Bryce Wilson, which is exactly what I said at the trade deadline. Um, but you might have to keep a guy, you know, speaking of guys that we got last year at the trade deadline, you might have to keep Tupacata Marcano because he is such an elite defender. So if you need a guy to play shortstop um, and you're not confident in, because uh, we need a guy for at least a month while Newman's out from what I understand. Um, so if you're not confident in Diego Castillo playing every day at short, and shortstop is a position where you want a decent player and you certainly don't want Key Brian Hayes playing shortstop and potentially screwing his elite third baseman skills up at this point. Um, and he's off to a good start at the bat. You know, I mean, it's like you can't I don't think you can mess with um, with Key Brian Hayes. I think you got to play him at third base every day, period, you know, except when he needs a blow. And that's it, you know. Um, so I don't know what you can do with shortstop. But I do think I did see enough in this series that. 
Diego Castillo is good enough at shortstop to make most of the plays. He's better at shortstop than um, the man from Japan is at first base. You know, Yoshi's first base, uh, people are starting to get frustrated with. So, and he hasn't hit for power at all. So I was thinking about what the Pirates might do. Um, I'm not, I'm not at all sold with the big fella um, batting 300 or 250. I think once we get on with the season, um, he's probably going to hit what he normally hits around 210. Um, so you could have Yoshi and him split DH because neither of them are elite defenders. You could play Chavis at first. And then at second base, I'm not sure. I mean, I would guess you play Diego Castillo at second base, maybe when Newman comes back. But, but while Newman's not here, um, you might have to bring up Rodolfo Castro because I can't really think of still enough guys that play the infield on a cons- consistent basis. And while Rodolfo Castro is only batting like 270 in AAA, He's not playing terrible, and he has experience. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But that's just how the Pirates lineup is. I mean, it's such a – there's so many moving pieces going on. We don't really know what's happening with the Pirates. Um, but I think we did see in this last series that they more are what they are than what we were, what we were hoping that they would be. Um, I mean, Yark had posted something three games into the season that um, the uh, – the Brewers were in last place, LOL, you know, thinking that maybe the Brewers, um, maybe the Pirates could compete a little better with the Brewers than we did last year. But at this point, we're 0-6 versus the Brewers. We're 1-8 and versus teams with winning records. Uh, and both of those teams are in the division. Um, so the only wins that we have under our belt are from the Cubs and the Nationals. And the three wins versus the Nationals, I can't even tell you how bad the Nationals are. They are definitely the worst team in baseball. I think their run differential is like minus 43 right now. I mean, they do have Juan Soto. um, And maybe they'll decide to build around Juan Soto. But if it's me, I would would tell Juan Soto to go, go, you know, bang sand or whatever they say. Go pound sand. Because if I offer somebody guaranteed money, you know, 10 years, 11 years, 350 million, whatever it might be, and you don't take it, you know, I would just move on from that guy. I mean, they the biggest mistake that the uh, Washington Nationals made was dumping all that money on Steven Strasburg after the World Series just because he did well in the World Series. And they kind of put blinders on as far as he's a pitcher that's usually hurt. And signing any power pitcher to a long-term deal is risky. Um, the Yankees have pretty much got away with it with Garrett Cole, but most teams don't get away with that, you know. Um, now, would I sign a guy like Bednar to like a to a long term deal? Yeah, if he's only making like a couple million bucks a year, you know, I would take that that chance. You know, I had mentioned that before. Would I sign a guy like Rowanzi Contreras to a long term deal? I don't think so, man. Much more likely to have issues. He's already had issues, you know. Um, would I sign a guy like Michael Burrows to a long-term deal? I'd have to see, um, more years where he's putting in, you know, more innings than 60 innings. Um, but I would sign Bednar at this point, if you were able to get a team-friendly deal to in the off season, because it doesn't seem like the Pirates like to sign guys to long-term deals under this general manager, um, during the season, 
But he is a guy that I would think about extending. And I've also mentioned that I would think about extending Chavis or Ben Gamble just because you need some sort of veteran presence. You know, you need some sort of solid presence. Uh, and we don't even know if um, we're going to be able to keep um, Brian Reynolds. We don't know if he's willing to stay. But, you know, if he does have a little bit of a regression this year, maybe he will agree to a long-term deal because they did try giving him a long-term deal after a bad season in 2020. Um, and that, you know, that seems like what, that seems like the way Ben Charrington thinks. And it's probably a good from a business standpoint. Like if you think a guy is a really good player and he's coming off a down year, um, you could show some confidence in him and sign him to what would end up being like a team-friendly deal, you know? I mean, certainly what they gave um, Key Brian Hayes was a, te- a team-friendly deal, um, but he got lots of money in the first two years, which might be nice for a guy like Key Brian Hayes. I mean, he got $10 million for the next two years. And just think about it. If you were looking to build a foundation for your wife and kids, and you, you were going to make $20 million over the next couple years, just think what you could do with that. You know, you could get a really nice house in Squirrel Hill. You could get a vacation house. You could get the nicest car possible. You could put away money for your kid's college and still have plenty of money to be comfortable. And that's what people are short-term thinking. You know, like the guy that didn't take um, the Mets offered that outfielder uh, $15 million for this year and he didn't take it. And now nobody wants him. You know, mistake, right? Like you, And that's why I think it could very well end up being a mistake that Juan Soto doesn't take that guaranteed money of $350 million. Because even if you're, maybe you're going to get $450 million instead, is it really that big of a difference between three hundred and fifty and four hundred and fifty? I mean, if you just think about what we talked about, you know, you want to get a nice house, you could get a vacation house, you could put money away. But why do you need that extra hundred million bucks, you know? I mean, you really don't need it. I guess when you get to be my age and you realize, like, money is what it is. It comes and it goes. You know, it's not it, – it's really honestly not going to bring you happiness. Most of the bosses that I know that were super greedy, that started companies, those guys aren't happy. And now they're older. You know, now they're like 60 years old. They don't talk to their kids very often. You know, it's sort of like that Mark Madden guy, you know. Um, he makes good money doing a radio show, but he has no value in his life, you know? Like, my value is certainly my kids come first, uh, and then I'm very comfortable in my life here with my wife and my dogs and all and all that, um, and I don't even need to travel that much anymore just because, you know, I'm pretty comfortable here, you know? I mean, I get my exercise when I'm working at Chewy, I go to the gym, I take walks, probably on days like today where it's at least going to be in the 50s and sunny, but, you know... I don't need anything extravagant. I mean, I'm going to, um, we're planning on taking a vacation to Greece. Uh, On that same vacation, we're probably going to go to Spain and Portugal. I mean, these are just beautiful areas, right? But we also want to take the um, uh, the, boat over to, um, I'm trying to think of that place. Um, Not the Philippines. Um, In any case, um, we also want to take a boat over to a poorer country just to sort of see how people live in these poorer countries. Um, Rock the Casbah. What country was that in? Uh, Morocco. Yes. Uh, We also want to go over to Morocco. So that is sort of like 
the bucket list vacation that we're planning. Now, we might wait until my wife retires, but uh, we're planning on flying into Spain, um, spending some time uh, at the nice restaurants and beaches in Spain and Portugal, um, going over to Morocco to do some shopping and just check out like some of these areas in Morocco, and then also going to the um, islands of Greece, like uh, Mykonos and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe it'll be even be a three-week vacation if my wife is retired, which that would be pretty sweet, you know, or a month or something like that. But, of course, my wife likes to have dogs, so we'd have to figure that out. Um, I don't think she would like to be away from the dogs for three weeks where they were in a kennel or something like that. Um, but maybe our grandkids will watch them. Who knows by that time? In any case, um, we didn't even get to talk about Laover Poguero, which was going to be my thing today. Um, a deep dive into Laover Poguero. I mean, he's a little bit older than I thought he was. I thought he was only 20, but he's actually 21. Um, but yeah, some of these guys actually do pan out. And who's to say it won't be Laover Poguero? I mean, based on um, his infield defense, I don't think he'll be an answer at shortstop. Um, but I do, th- and you know, you can only have so many second basemen. Um, but we don't know. Um, I guess now we got a question whether Nick Gonzalez is a slam dunk to be a second baseman next year. Maybe Lyover Paguero would get the first shot at being their second baseman. But in any case, um, Lyover Paguero in 156 at bats um, before he came over to the Pirates at age 18 had a 970 ops. Um, and that was the reason that um, the Pirates really wanted him in that trade. Um, now, he didn't do great in Greensboro last year. And this is why I was a little bit down on Leover Paguero a couple weeks ago. Um, because his um, his ops last year in Greensboro, a hitting friendly area, was only 776. Uh, and he was 20 for most of the year. Um, so I was just like, you know what? It didn't wow me, you know? But what Lyover Paguero is doing now is impressive. Um, he's batting 360 with an ops over 1.2. Um, the three home runs is impressive because it's power that's developing. And then you got to think about that power speed potential that we always talk about, you know? Um, he had 14 home runs in Greensboro last year. Um, but right now he has um, five stolen bases and three home runs. And I love guys that have that power speed potential. He's got nine doubles already. And this is all in 66 plate appearances. Um, And he's got that 1,200 app. So for right now, I mean, it's not a big dive into Laiva Paguero. We know that the guy's from the Dominican Republic. And we know that he's starting to look a little bit more mature. He's got the full beard now. And um, he does not look like that skinny kid anymore. Um, He's over 200 pounds. um, And he's developing that power. And that's why, you know, you can't count on every prospect making it. Uh, and we, we know there's a very good chance that even Nick Gonzalez won't make it. But you can get excited about guys that are hot right now, um, especially based on their age. And that, for me, is Laover Paguero, who you got you to gotta start giving some outfield reps. Because I don't see why Laover Paguero couldn't, if he doesn't get a shot at second base next year, um, why he wouldn't get a shot at being one of the corner outfielders because he's already on the 40-man roster and why we don't just bring Laover Paguero up at some point this year if he stays red hot. So I'm all in on um, getting excited about certain guys when they're hot. 
Uh, and right now, there's no reason not to be excited against Layover Paguero. Uh, yeah, we know that this San Diego series doesn't look good on paper because all three of the Padres pitchers are really good and our hitters are really bad. But it's a weekend series. The weather's supposed to be nicer. So if you decide to go out to the ballpark, enjoy your weekend. If you don't decide to go to the ballpark, enjoy your weekend. The dogs love you. The devil thinks you should go straight to hell. Peace.